Well, hello there, and welcome back to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a more compassionate plant-based lifestyle. I am one of your hosts, Vicki. And this is Larissa. In this episode of the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, we welcome Jenny Goldfarb. Jenny is the founder of Unreal Deli, the finest plant-based deli meats inspired by over 100 years of New York deli history. We're going to talk to Jenny about what inspired her to create Unreal Deli, and also we're going to talk to her about her experience on Shark Tank, where she struck a deal with Mr. Mark Cuban. But first, let's hear from today's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage that I have ever had. A lot of our episodes have focused on the challenges that we all face in maintaining effective nutritional habits. In fact, that's a big reason why Larissa and I even started Vegetarian Zen. So busy schedules, poor sleep habits, balancing work and family, and finding the time to get in your exercise can all leave you tired and often missing key nutrients in your diet. While eating a whole foods plant-based diet is important, I've also developed a healthy morning routine of starting my day and usually even before my first cup of coffee, which is really unusual for me. That's usually the first thing I go for. But I've started my day with a big green smoothie made with athletic greens. It didn't take long for this to become a habit for me because it left me full of energy and it set a healthy tone for the day. In fact, funny story, I started this habit right around the time that we had our big snowstorm down here in San Antonio, Texas, and we lost electricity for three days. Now, we had to scramble to save some things in our refrigerator, and one of the things I told Larissa was, save the Athletic Greens! <laughs> so, Just one tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains a complex blend of 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, a probiotic, a green superfood blend, and more. And all of these work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet. Now, you may be thinking there are a lot of powders and supplements out there. What makes Athletic Greens special? Now, I've tried a lot of those powders so over the years, so I had the same question. Now, what makes Athletic Greens special is that while most nutritional products come to the market and kind of stay stagnant, Athletic Greens continues to obsessively work to improve their one holistic formula. In fact, over the last decade, they've made 53 improvements to their formula just to make sure that their customers are getting the highest possible quality. All right. So for our Vegetarian Zen listeners, Athletic Greens is offering a free one-year supply of vitamin D to help boost your immune system. But wait, there's more. Plus five free travel packs with your first purchase. To take advantage of this generous offer, visit athleticgreens.com forward slash vegetarian zen. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash vegetarian zen. And now back to the show. All right, one more order of business before we get into the interview and we do have a new rating. This is awesome. So this is titled Happy Knowledgeable Ladies. I guess that's us. It says, listening to this podcast is like hearing from old friends. Larissa and Vicky are very laid back and not at all judgy. It's a perfect podcast for anyone interested in the vegetarian or vegan lifestyle. I really enjoy listening to these friendly and knowledgeable ladies. And thank you for that review, Kira from Australia. All right, are we ready to get into the interview with Jenny? I am super excited. Jenny Goldfarb, a.k.a. Mrs. Goldfarb, is the founder of Unreal Deli. 
She grew up on the standard American diet, sad, which is sad, (laughs) and in her early 30s, learned about the plight of animals on factory farms, which led her to adopt a plant-based diet. After much trial and error, she became a whiz in the plant-based kitchen and realized the thing she missed most after becoming vegan was premium New York-style deli meat. She sought to recreate a corned beef made from beets, chickpeas, tomatoes, and high-protein wheat. The recipe became such a hit that it encouraged her to produce her corned beef, Rubens, for delis, Whole Foods, and even Shark Tank, where she took on Mark Cuban as her primary investor. The company then developed Unreal Roasted Turkey, followed by Unreal Steak Slices, which are coming soon. With no experience in the food sector, let alone launching a company, she gave birth to this rapidly expanding business in her tiny kitchen while pregnant with her third child. The Unreal Deli product line can now be found in thousands of restaurant and grocery locations with more to come. Okay, let's go ahead and bring Jenny on the show. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you so much. So jazzed to be here today. Yeah, we're glad to have you. And just with that, Ruthie started, our dog started to, to growl a little bit. So <laughs> not at you, not at you. <laughs> okay. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, before we start to get in your, into, um, I really want to hear about Shark Tank. I happened to see that clip the other day and how exciting that is. I was always, I, I one of my, I think uh, my, on my list is to be on there someday. Awesome. Or, yeah. A show like it. Item. Totally. Yeah. So I definitely yeah. like to hear about that, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself? hundred percent. So um, I like to say that I grew up kind of like a standard American girl, at least in what I consumed, consuming that standard American diet, which unfortunately has this acronym SAD. And I think it kind of is that once I started learning where really where our food comes from. But anyway, grew up kind of eating like a standard American and uh, wound up going to undergraduate business school, which isn't anything so uh, exciting or sophisticated, but whatever, a little bit of background in business. And then I started working for some tech companies. I even worked for a little while doing marketing for a pharmaceutical firm, which gave me a little bit of insight into how a lot of the medicine in this country is like Band-Aid medicine, like have your cake, eat it too, take the shot of insulin kind of. And that like was very illuminating to me. And I didn't realize it at the time because it was about a decade before I started my plant-based journey, but it definitely helped me see like some of the picture of kind of almost what's being hidden from plain, in plain sight there from both the, you know, the, the food creation world to how we deal with those foods when they come to hurt us, meaning the, meaning the medical world in this country. And uh, yeah, anyway, I like to say that that's a little bit of my background there and uh, wound up getting married in my early 30s and had two young kids. And at that point, I had one friend post one Facebook video of one scene in some factory farming. And I said, let me just see what this looks like. It can't be as bad as I imagine it, can it? And then of course my heart broke. That started a course of many months where not only was I watching videos, but I wound up seeing a number of documentaries and read a number of books. And it broke my heart to like total smithereens as it does. And to the point that like, I wound up then saying like, I almost felt like I was hoodwinked fools taken for a ride into believing that this was normal, healthy, humane, acceptable. And I wound up saying to my very meat and potatoes husband, 
I think we need to go vegan. And he was like, what? <laughs> I started seeing the videos of the, of the animal, you know, farms there with cows and all that. And then first started seeing the initial videos. I thought, all right, well, we're only going to go grass fed and organic beef and everything else can stay. And then I saw videos on that and said, that's out. And then, you know, I saw videos on the dairy and I was like, oh my God, they're like taking these mother cows and like, can't even believe what they do to these like poor mother cows ripping away the babies. And that just broke my heart to smithereens. And then of course I thought, well, if it's eggs, but it's like in a nice happy farm and pasture raised and yada, yada, then that's gotta be okay. But even still, uh, I wound up, unfortunately, proving wrong even on that, that like, even if you have a backyard hen and, you know, you have some female hens, you think, well, they're being treated nice. I pet them. I love them. But just by the mere fact of taking their eggs away causes them to lay more eggs, which actually stresses their bodies out. And even having backyard hens to begin with means you're just taking the females and putting them together. So they're not having a normal reproductive life that they would otherwise. So it was unfortunate to me to learn all of this because I had to go to my family that was otherwise very traditional, not only my husband, my folks and say to them, like, I can't do this anymore. I know that this is taking me like so far out of the ballpark of what everyone considers normal. This is going to affect our eating and celebrating and all these things. But my ethics like are somehow like higher than what I care about being normal. So that started me on a big journey. And it was and what year did you say this was? Yeah, this was like six to seven years ago. Okay. okay. And uh, like 2014, I want to say. And I had two little kids, my husband, and I wound up buying every vegan cookbook I could find. And I painstakingly learned how to cook from the produce and grain sections. And there were loads of lousy meals, a tremendous learning curve. I mean, what my family had to go through to, to like, for me finally to like own up and get good in the vegan kitchen was really something. And so after the food got like good and better, and sometimes there were some, some really great meals, I was so impassioned about this lifestyle. And I also, I did it for the animals, but then I found my kids weren't getting sick nearly as often. And my waistline was a little tremor. And it was just, it would just ricochet. I had like better energy. My skin was clearer. I was sleeping better. Like all these things came of it, even though I was really just in it for the animals. And so, uh, I felt like there was, this was like a real ticket to uh, to just living well and living ethically. And like, I'm not a hugely religious person, but just the concept of putting something in your body that like, you know, went through trauma or pain, that there's like an energy there. And like, that didn't sit right with me. So knowing now that I'm putting like living foods that are, you know, colorful and plentiful and live is is obviously like just a higher vibration altogether. So, so I wound up really feeling so much better and finally making the food delicious delicious that I told my husband and family, I want to create a vegan food blog. Not that there aren't enough of those, but I thought, let me get my voice out there and I'll show moms, everyday people, busy people, how doable and delicious vegan could be. So I created this food blog, countyourcolors.com. It's still there. We have a lot of fun recipes. We made it video style. My two little blonde girls are sitting on the countertop and we're cooking up all this yummy food. But for that, I needed to create a new, really good, unique novel recipe every week. And so I was regularly, you know, just pushing myself, like how far could I, how much could I, how wild could these things get? And so one day 
I said to myself, there are a lot of good vegan burgers in the world, and there are a lot of ways to make soups and salads and yummy roasted veggie type of things, but there's no classic New York-style deli meat. And if you can't already hear it in my voice, San Antonio, I'm from New York City, and I love New York deli meat. I grew up eating, you know, corned beef, pastrami, turkey, roast beef, all the all the meats, all the time, thin sliced with, you know, rye bread and a sour pickle and a cream soda was like home to me. And I wanted that. I wanted that as a vegan. So I set out to recreate a corned beef pastrami and it was so delicious. I remember texting my husband and my father a picture of it. And I said, this is the most delicious thing I've ever had in my entire life. And my husband, so you home, made this I, yourself. Like I made you it just, myself. how did yeah. you even come up with the, I'm a creative person, but I don't yeah. know that I would know like, okay, let's make totally. some corned beef today. Totally. Some yeah. So corned beef. Yeah. All, good question. I was already playing with a lot of faux meats and I knew some ingredients that got you there. So one of them is this brilliant ingredient called high protein wheat. It's known on the back of packages as wheat gluten. And, but it's gluten, of course, has a bad name in our culture today, but essentially this is the protein part of the wheat grain. So it's actually a very natural ingredient. It's also packed with protein and very low in carbs. And I knew that it made this beautiful texture of like a meaty type of product because I'd been tinkering already. And I knew what some of the spice blends and the brines were like for corned beef and pastrami. So I married them together and it wasn't like on the first hit, but after I played with it a few more times, I was like very, very satisfied. And so I made it and I was loving it and I shared it with some friends and family. And I had some friends and family in my life who really thought I was like on a crazy hippie crusade and they were not. (laughs) What I found that's really interesting about this diet is this is the only diet in the world that someone will like get like offended by. And like, if you tell someone I'm keto, I'm doing the South Beach diet, I'm doing this and that, like, it's like no problem, but you tell them this and it's like, where are you getting your protein? How about this? How could you possibly? And what I've come to learn is that it really winds up challenging people because it makes them feel like they're being held, they're culpable for what yes. they've been doing. And of course there's no judgment. We're just trying to say plants can give you everything you need, you know? Yeah, but you're absolutely right. It does dig up some things like, well, wait a minute, I could right. be doing this too, but I'm not. Yeah, no, I totally get that. It's completely right. And no, none of the other diets really do that either. It's like keto, big deal, you know, whatever. Go for you, right. Okay. For you, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally with you. And uh, and so uh, when when some of these friends of mine and specifically my in-laws who were like major haters, thought I was acting like a complete loony bin, said to me, this corned <laughs> beef is so good. You should make a food business out of it. I was interested. I was listening because I was like, all right, you guys are such haters. Yeah. That is so good. I mean, so I thought about it and I didn't act. I did nothing. I didn't put it on the food blog yet. I was busy with other postings. At the same time then, I also got pregnant with my third child, my third daughter, and so all of this was kind of going on at once. And then they, one extra person was like, it's so good. Do something with it. That I emailed a couple folks that I knew in the vegan food world. Cause I was doing this bloggy thing for a while. And I said, do you know anyone that knows a food uh, that's doing any vegan food, actual production has a business. And one of my friends said, yeah, you should meet this lovely woman, Rosanna drove out 45 minutes in the rain to her office one day. I brought her a sandwich. I said, what do you think? She's like, it's great. What do you want to do with it? I said, well, I'd love to make it and try and sell it. And she said, well, we have a tiny commercial kitchen right here in our office that you could rent for 25 bucks an hour. So as of that moment, this is going back two years from February, I was in commerce. I was making it myself. 
I was pregnant. I would drop two kids off at preschool. I'd be cooking all day. I'd wash the dishes. Then in the days that I wasn't doing that, I would drive around Los Angeles. I would cold call the delis around LA and say, hey, I have the best thing. Your customers need this. You're in Los Angeles. You don't have this. I'm coming to bring you samples. And I wound up just getting my foot in the door with some polite persistence and bring them a sandwich. And nine times out of 10, they'd say, we need this. We want it. We have a Reuben on the menu and it's only vegetables for our vegetarian customers. Yes. Okay, okay, Jenny. Jenny, I got to tell you right there. I got to tell you, this is such a great story because not only is it plant-based, I love the hustle Mm -hmm. and I love female entrepreneur hustle. I mean, that to me is just hits all of it for me. So what a great story. Yeah. So happy I'm checking your boxes. It was an amazing thing. And I remember that time we actually just shared this on our social media, but like there was a day I was very pregnant and I would not only take all my ingredients that I got at like my local store out to cook, I'd bring my Vitamix because I had to blend up the veggies and all this. Mm -hmm. And one day I was carrying all this stuff with my Vitamix and I fell on the curb, flat on my Mm. face. I scraped my face. Someone had to help me with my things. I remember walking into the kitchen being like, I think I'm taking on too much. Maybe I have to stop. Like maybe that. And then I said, you know what? The animals need me. People want this kind of food. I I don't care. I have a cut on my face. The stuff that my animal friends are going through in these farms too bad. So I, there were, there've been a few moments like that, you know, they're always businesses and endeavors. And I had to keep pushing my animal to this day, pushing in a thousand directions. So anyway, started selling it. Now I knew that like, I'm a cute girl and I could probably sell this thing to a nice Jewish deli owner. And he would say yes to me in front of me, but were we really going to see reorders when I wasn't there? Was it actually going to become a thing when I walked away? And it did. And it took off like wildfire. And I remember the day we sold to our first deli, it was like a 12 pound order, like nothing, like a few pieces, (laughs) right? Uh, the owner called me and they were like, six sandwiches were ordered just today. And I didn't even, I had like seven people following me on Instagram. Yeah, it was nothing, right? And I remember crying, picking up my kids from school, being like, I'm going to help change like the world for these animals with this. And that was so beautiful. And then Cantor's Deli, which is kind of like the Katz's in New York. We have Cantor's here. It's like mm-hmm. our big New York style deli, been around a hundred years, open till three in the morning. When they said yes, um, Mark Cantor ordered 50 pounds. And that was the biggest order I'd ever wow. seen. And of course, more tears from that. And uh, okay, so then gotten all these delis, all these reorders. So then I had the gumption to reach out to Whole Foods. So I somehow got the email of the regional office and I literally sent them 200 emails because they're Whole Foods and they don't have to listen to anyone. But and I remember my every now and then they'd re- re- say a word and that would uh, keep me going for four months or whatever. <laughs> but uh, finally, they said, we love your product because I brought over samples at one point. And they were like, and we know that you're not retail ready. We, we were just making it. I was literally delivering it in saran wrap. OK, so they were like, we know you're not ready to be on retail shelves with your whole saran wrap thing, but. We'd love to bring you in as a pre-made sandwich, like meaning we have a sandwich making partner. You'll bring the meat to them. They'll make it. And I was like, whoa, now we're really on the map. So when I had the delis, plus my hustle, plus Whole Foods, I wound up applying for Shark Tank. And there's literally like a 30 second web application you can put fill in to like just get in the game, FYI, by Googling that. And then... I will say that one thing that I think really helped get the first call from the casting agent for any of your listeners who might be interested in Shark Tank someday was that right on our homepage, I had a video 
that we had up that was like, hi, I'm Mrs. Goldfarb and I have a hundred years of New York Delhi history, which is true for my great grandparents that came to this country doing that. And, and then I said, and here's how yummy it is. And I walked around some outdoor mall area back pre-COVID when you can do such wow. a thing. Uh, thing. Example my thing, try this. And they were really good. You know, people were really excited about it. And so that was right there on my homepage. So it was almost like giving the casting director, like, just what the, the story set. you're giving them the story right yeah, so yeah. thinks about applying before you put your website into that you know 30 second web application if you plug a nice video on your homepage, it's going to put you like 10 steps ahead so anyway mm-hmm. they wound up calling me and there were many very heavy duty applications i'm talking about like four or five 50 page handwritten like <laughs> stuff that wasn't even relevant to the business backstory stuff all sorts of wild stuff but i uh-huh. did it I'm so glad I did it because I wound up getting on the show and it's such an exhilarating experience. The sharks know nothing about you when you come out except for your first name. You get out there, they have you do some pitch, like, you know, everyone's like, hey, I'm da 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 and will you invest? You know, I'm seeking out this for that. And so the producers work with you on that part. But then after that, it's just free reign, like whatever they ask you. And they tell you that like, you have to kind of like run the floor. You're going to be asked two questions at once. You have to figure out who goes where, how you're going to handle stuff. And I really felt like I, I knew that I was like bringing the goods. I knew that I got in the business for the right reasons. Of course, on Shark Tank, they love like an emotional tie in. I knew that I had some family history that made it a little richer. I knew that folks were loving it. However, I came on that show with $10,000 in revenues. That's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. low. That's yeah. Tough. For them. There for them. Yeah. Walk out there with millions, hundreds of thousands, and they don't get deals. So. To have the chutzpah to be like, I'm out here and only 10 grand has come in. But nonetheless, I wound up leaving with a deal with Mr. Mark Cuban for more than double the cash I was asking for. It's like almost unheard of. Yeah. You know what I was surprised to hear too? He's vegetarian, right? He came out with that on our episode. Yeah. There. Oh, I, I had yeah. never heard that. And when I heard him accept, I, he said that, that like, per, I saw him perk up and then yeah. he was like, well, I'm vegetarian. So yeah, he seems like the bit. perfect person for, for your business. He really does. He really is. He really is. Uh, so were you like floored? Like where this must floored. be surreal for you. Surreal. I mean, <laughs> surreal, totally floored. I mean, far and away, the most exhilarating thing I ever went through. And when I was on that show, my baby was only two and a half months old. Okay. Oh, so wow. sleeping. I mean, it was still insane at that point. Right. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I walked out with that deal. And then after that, what happens, there's like a two month, very heavy duty due diligence process because the sharks know nothing about you when you first come out, you have to then prove everything you said on the show was true. So of course we only had 10,000 revenues. We weren't talking up that much, but whatever you have had, whatever deals you're talking about, you know, bringing to the table, you have to show that there's legitimacy, that that's real. And they have to know that everything you said was true and factual. And it was. So, uh, so we wound up getting our full investment from Mark. And then what happened was it was, November 2019, when the show aired. And so we were getting really big into food service because I think we were out of saran wrap, but we were not yet into like retail packaging. We were like just doing nice, real sealed plastic bags, basically, to deliver to restaurants. It was all restaurants all the way. And everyone knows what happens in February, March of last year. So while we were getting so big in restaurants, becoming like the next big thing in Quiznos and Mendocino Farms, I think, oh no, they're not in San Antonio, but in Houston. And anyway, a number of different big food chains were taking us on. 
then COVID hit and we realized we had sales just flatlining. And at the same time that happened, my beloved dad, who's a major mentor to me, got so sick with COVID that he was on a ventilator for 28 days. Doctors were saying he wasn't going to make it, consider mm. hospice. This was at the same time that like the business was crumbling. My like family was being like torn apart. Mm. So it was like the most intense. This is going back like a year ago right now. And by like a real miracle, I have to say, I told you I wasn't a religious person. I've become a little bit more religious <laughs> because my dad was really saved. He wound up having a plasma donation, like just in the nick of time, which was like basically mm. blood from a recovered patient. It was the closest thing they had then to a vaccine went into him and with the antibodies to fight the disease. And, and, uh, and then at the same time, we as a company pivoted into retail. We realized that if we weren't going to wind up on retail shelves, we were just going down. And as you can imagine, it's a ton of work to go from like wrapping your stuff in gen generic plastic to having an actual package on shelves with the nutritionals and the data and the lab tests and mm -hmm. so many specifics. But like the whole business from the beginning was always just like learning one thing, one step at a time. I remember the first deli I sold at, the, they said, great, we want to take it on. And they said to me, you do have food liability insurance, right? And I'm literally <laughs> under the table Googling food liability insurance. I mean, like, so everything, the whole business, even until today, like I'm regularly having phone calls and they're like, okay, if you can just deliver the RVI. And I'm like, okay, RVI, what the heck? Okay. So, um, <laughs> so I, uh, anyway, everything has just been one learning as I go. Okay. And so I'll show you and maybe we'll throw a picture out later for your viewers, but this is, we wound up coming out with our first packaging yeah. for our corned beef. And we came out with our second item on real roasted turkey because we realized that you can't have just one alone on a shelf. You need to have a team. You need to have a line. So now our third item is coming soon. We set out actually to make a roast beef and it came out so high quality with these charbroiled edges that we're calling it unreal steak slices. Cause it's just that damn nice. just that delicious. So, uh, Anyway, and after we wound up creating the packaging, I, of course, started reaching out to every single grocery store, like, we're ready to rock. Let's do this thing. You saw what happened with Beyond Meat. Well, we're ready to do it for the deli space. And we've gotten so far more than a thousand. I counted yesterday. It's like 1180 thumbs ups of yes, come on in. Uh, I think as of today, we're in about 400 doors, but in three or four months, we're going to be in that like 1180 number. And then by the end of the year, maybe close to 2000 doors. And also now food service, restaurant life is starting to creep back a little bit and we're getting interest from, from some big players out there. So it's a, it's a, it's a whirlwind story. It's a little bit of a miracle story, but uh, I, I hope it, you know, just gives a little testimony to like what some like grit and effort and love can amount to in this world. So, so where are you? Are you, you're surely you're not still in the little, the little kitchen, right? You've got a bigger place. Oh, yeah. Good question. <laughs> so I had, um, I had a meeting with this woman who has a very big ice cream company. It's called Cool House, C-O-O-L-H-A-U-S. She's also a queer woman, very cool woman owns business. And anyway, I love this lady. And she was like a friend of a friend. And she agreed to meet with me in the early days of the business. This was like January of like in 2019. And I had this meeting set up with her and she pushed it off a couple months because she's so busy. She has like an $11 million business. And I wound up getting like kind of busy myself doing my deli thing. I had a couple customers at that point in March. So I said to myself, maybe I'll cancel the meeting. She's an ice cream lady. I mean, how much do I really need to 
But I thought to myself, no, you never know what comes in this world. Let me go meet with her. I drove 45 minutes for a 30-minute meeting. And I was basically like, how'd you start your company? Who were your first hires? Very generic questions. Then at the very end, I thought, oh my God, let me just ask her. I told her I'm looking for a bigger co-packer because I don't want to make it myself forever and I want to grow. And I said, do you know anyone? I think I need kind of a bakery environment because it's like mixing wet and dry ingredients and baking, which is even though you think it's a meat, it really comes together more like a baked item. She says to me, you know what? I've got the perfect person. 15 minutes from my house is another amazing queer woman who runs this massive bakery who I love, this woman, Esty, and she has the space, uh, 15,000 square foot bakery co-packing wow. plant that makes our meat. So all that to say, take meetings with people that may not seem so relevant, yes. never know what comes of it, drive yes. 45 minutes for a 30 minute meeting, you don't know what leads to what. And so thanks for asking Larissa. But yeah, that's how we wound up meeting our co-packing partner. This episode is brought to you by the Golden Apple Roundtable. Who are the members of the Golden Apple Roundtable? These are the folks that help ensure that the lights stay on at Vegetarian Zen by providing us with monetary support via Patreon.com. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get support from their fans, followers, and community members. Many people don't realize that there are costs involved in putting together a podcast, but we do incur costs for media hosting, website hosting, equipment, etc. Any monetary support that we receive through Patreon goes directly back into the cost of producing the show and keeping it going free to our listeners. If you're interested in supporting us on a monthly basis, please head out to patreon.com forward slash vegetarian zen and there you will see a video of Larissa and me. And in that video, we discuss the mission of Vegetarian Zen. On the right-hand side of the page, you're going to see some various support levels, anywhere from a dollar a month to $50 a month. And you can also customize your uh, level of giving, by the way. Those are just some suggestions. Certain levels will qualify you for some Vegetarian Zen swag, such as a car magnet, recyclable grocery bags, stickers, or a t-shirt. Even a dollar a month can go a long way to help keep the podcast going. So thank you to our current, our past, and our future Golden Apple Roundtable members. Thank you. If you're not interested in contributing on a monthly basis, we also have a one-time button located on our website that says buy us a juice. If you go to vegetarianzen.com forward slash support, you will see that at the bottom of the page. And you can provide us with a one-time monetary contribution to help support the show. I think it's just so incredible how, as, as entrepreneurs ourselves, how when you just keep pushing, things start to keep opening. It's, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's, it's discouraging. But being also women entrepreneurs yeah. in the plant-based space, it is, it's true. It's, it's very, you just kind of keep pushing. Like, I, I think the analogy or the story of you falling and then just getting up, that is like the perfect analogy for even what happens in entrepreneurship. Totally. Yeah. You're, you're, you're regularly pushed, but it's like, once you get past that, it's like the glory is like all yours. You know, you get to enjoy so much of <laughs> yeah. that. When you can just, you know, and especially when that. it's something you're so passionate about too, like totally. plant-based space, you know, because you're doing it, like you said, the animals, people who are trying to change their, their health. Now, are you finding that people, people that are I don't know how, what feedback you get from customers as far as like, do you find these are, vegans and vegetarians are ready? Or are they people that are just going, you know what? Because like we get people in our community that are just like, I just want to eat a little bit less meat. Or I think I maybe could go down that way. Do you get any, like, do you have an idea of who your customers are? Are they 
yeah, so we're starting to get a bit of an idea, figure out like our avatars kind of. And uh, so obviously the already vegan community is our like lowest hanging fruit. They're very warm to us. They've been waiting for products like this and that's amazing. But it definitely gives me the most joy. And I hear regularly from people, either they're like, oh, my spouse fooled me in a blind taste test or, oh yeah, I like, I'm starting to learn a little bit, either what happens to the animals or from the environmental or health impact. And I want to change a little bit. And this is such a perfect replacement where I don't even realize the difference that I'm not eating it. And so, I mean, I like to say to people, I don't want you to see the videos that I've seen. I just want you to have this for lunch instead. You know? Yeah. So I don't want yeah. You to and your story that. sounds a lot like ours too. Like we, we just, and I don't know what I was on vacation. It was 2013. I was home for Christmas vacation. I had taken a couple of weeks off of my corporate job yeah. and I don't know what made me turn on two, two documentaries. One was Fat, sick, and nearly dead, and the other one was vegetated. Mm-hmm. And I, after after that, we were plant based. And I said, I don't know what made us like even think about doing that, but uh, you know, I think at a subconscious level, maybe we were already going that way. And what made me turn it on? But very very similar to you, where you just started looking a little bit into it, and then you started uncovering more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And that's really how this podcast started too, is just just to create a space for that. So there's so many things I love about the story. The other thing that this is more of a of a on the business side when covid hit obviously it devastated so many businesses some have had to close the ones that that i really love to look at are the ones that like yours pivoted mm-hmm. so you said you could have easily just said well that's it i guess yeah. that you know that that i can't control this and instead you said okay what else can i do how else can i take this to a different level yeah totally and there've been more more things than just that i feel like that's like really shows like where is the entrepreneur? What's like the real, you know, test of the entrepreneur is in those moments. It's not when everything's yeah. coming good and smooth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, it actually happened something re- more recently. Someone reached out to me from like a big manufacturing company and they said, they said, we want to put together a pre-made sandwich using your meat and, and, you know, some really great ingredients, wonderful bread and this and that. And I sent the lady samples and then she totally ghosted me. Like I reached back out, Hey, just want to see if you receive the samples. Didn't get a word back. And I wrote again a couple of weeks later and I was like, that's really strange that I didn't even get a like, not going to work with it right now. Like I get plenty. I would have been fine with that. But I got a little off and I said, (laughs) you know what? I said, I'm making my own pre-made sandwiches. I already make my own meat. I got Mark Cuban behind me. I'm calling up a sandwich manufacturer right now. And we're going to get these sandwiches made. And now we're making three pre-made sandwiches, one with each of our meats. And it looks like Publix is going to be our first customer anyway. It's just, it's so exciting to be able to like take something that like looks like it's not in your favor and twist it around. Like yes. this is mm-hmm. really the beauty of, of, of using this life to the fullest, of being an entrepreneur to the fullest and like taking these kind of yeah. obstacles them into opportunities. Yeah. Well, now that you've got the, the meat down, um, have you considered doing any other deli type items like cheeses? Good question. You know, I, I love a lot of the vegan cheeses that are out there. So I don't know that we necessarily are going to get into the cheese space, but there are more meats that we're looking at. And aside from the pre-made sandwiches that I'm talking about, we're also actually in April, we're opening five ghost kitchen locations. Um, I was doing some work with Quiznos and then they were using our products just fine. Everything was great. And, you know, when COVID hit, there was, they were using us a little bit less in, in a few of their test cities that they had had us in. And then I had this idea that like, 
how great it would be to have an all vegan sub shop. So of course the meat's mm -hmm. vegan, the cheeses, the sauces. And I have friends in this business now, like Violife, for instance, who makes great cheeses. And they're also now coming out with some sauces. And I wound up pitching the executives at Quiznos, a full vegan, like, restaurant shop, but virtual. So it would be like mm -hmm. the Unreal Deli sub shop. And we're launching them in five LA Quiznos stores and hope to make it all of North America like within a year. So so is that what a ghost shop is? We were, we were just yeah. asking. I was yeah. about to do your, I was about to do your uh, little Google under the table trick with ghost <laughs> exactly. kitchen. I don't know what a ghost kitchen is. Uh, let me explain. So this is really cool. It was already becoming a thing before COVID, but COVID just pushed this thing to another stratosphere. Essentially, if you look on your third party apps, DoorDash, Uber Eats, any of these, you'll see a bunch of restaurants you probably will recognize, but you'll also very likely see some places you never heard of. So what is that? That's because restaurants can now come about either underneath an existing restaurant, meaning they have some other ingredients there in their, you know, kitchen. And that when that order comes in, they may wrap it in a different paper and they send it out as though it came from a different restaurant or an entire restaurant will open up inside into like an industrial area, meaning you can't sit, you wouldn't even get takeout there, but the delivery guys will come up and grab and then take it. So that's what oh. a virtual or ghost okay. kitchen or restaurant hmm. means. I, yeah. I never heard of it. Is it a little bit like private right. labeling stuff in a sense? Like when a bigger, is it kind in of like a sense, yeah, yeah. In a sense, it's like that kind of for the restaurant world. That's like a sort of fair yeah. analogy. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Well, this, this is so, this has been so inspirational on a lot of different levels, Jenny. I just love your, your energy. Yeah, I was going to say your energy is incredible. <laughs> how, how, how involved is your uh, family in the business? So uh, it's kind of amazing because like, just like women are rising to the occasion in this generation, as you guys are showing so beautifully, like my husband is kind of like, you know, second fiddle to uh, to this show right now. You know, this is the belief that's going to really catapult the family. And so my husband's helping the kids more with virtual school. I really get to be like the CEO over here, which is amazing. Um, my father is thank God now alive and very intimately involved in the business. He lives in Florida and I'm here in California, but we're on like a FaceTime for like two or three hours a day. He's like back there while I'm sending emails and we chat about every little thing and that's amazing. And so, yeah, there's just so much support and love for this. You know, now, now that I've scraped my face and got up and dusted myself off, like everyone's here for all the wins, of course, you know? <laughs> that's yeah. great. Well, and you know, I, I, nothing against boys, of course, but yep. I, I gotta say, I am so glad that you have three little girls because you are just the most amazing role model. I just cannot imagine how awesome these little girls are going to be, you know, when they grow up having you as a mom. Thank you, Larissa. That's tremendously <laughs> so beautiful to hear. And, and totally, it's funny because I used to think that I wanted boys or saw myself as like more of a soccery type mom. And now I'm like, no way. If anything, I want another daughter. <laughs> like women are the future. Women are everything. And well, I, and I will say though, if, I think if you were to have a, a, a son, I think it's also really good for little boys to see women yeah. in, this, in positions yeah. too. Yeah. Very, very much yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Going forward, my sandwiches are my babies, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jenny, I tried uh, the yeah. turkey and the corned beef, yep. and I absolutely love them. I absolutely <laughs> love them. They're they're so great. So, unfortunately, though, where I live, I don't know that I can get them 
to me. So how was somebody, you yeah. want to talk a little bit about where people can find you if they want, they uh, want to try? Absolutely. So I know that you guys are down in Texas and I want to mm-hmm. tell you that in April, May, we're going to be launching in all HEB stores. So soon you're going to get wow. us really long. Wow. That and is awesome. I know. Right. And then just <laughs> to speak to a couple of other, uh, you know, just regions, um, we're going to be in the mid Atlantic very soon at giant food. We're in Wegmans now, fresh time, Ralph's and more and more stores coming. But we also sell from our website and we shipped off the 48 contiguous United States. So um, and I'd love to give a, a special like 18 percent discount code to anyone who'd like to grab a box from our website. And so we can keep a lookout for that oh, code. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so basically, you know, online soon in our virtual restaurants and then in more and more grocery stores across the country all the time. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And I know on your website, you have a finder, a store finder thing yeah, too. You do. So you can we put do. in your so zip, you code zip code on there. Right there. Yeah, exactly. That's why when I put in my zip of- code and it was like sad face, I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, but yeah, because no. nothing came up. But okay. now, now that I no, heard you're going to be in HEB and that's huge. Exactly, I mean, yeah. HEB oh. is huge. I know, yeah. everything's bigger in Texas, right? Whole Foods, even of the Southwest, we're going to be in like all of Texas's Whole Foods also in June. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say too that some props to Texas, because even though we are very meat centric, there's a lot of, when we, since we became vegetarians in 2013 to now, the options that you can get, even at Burger King, uh, they don't look at you sideways anymore when you ask for vegetarian or vegan options. Things are changing. This is our time. I'll oftentimes quote this line, uh, you know, Paul McCartney says, if slaughterhouses had glass walls, everyone would be vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I like to say, well, they don't. But you know what does? YouTube. And you know who's watching? <laughs> we are. An increasing number of us. And we've got yeah. the message that this is not, that animals don't need to be food. And so- you know, uh, That's a great point, though. You, there's so much access to information now. It does. You exactly. don't have to like- yeah, you can get it anywhere. Exactly. And some people get the memo from the animals, some get it from the environment, some get it from health, but the truth mm-hmm. is seeping out and we're here for the party, Larissa. Yeah. <laughs> and you're so, you're getting the sandwiches. Awesome. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. I thank you both so much for the opportunity. You inspire oh, yeah. me. Thank you for this. Yeah, absolutely. So outside of the website, where can people hook up with you? Are you on Instagram? So, and Yeah, we're Facebook? all about our social. I have like a we're at Unreal Deli on Instagram, but I also have a Mrs. Dot Goldfarb where I post more like kind of personal but still businessy related stuff. Um, and obviously, you know, Facebook, all the all the places there online. So yeah, mm-hmm. please please reach out to me. I love you know female entrepreneurs, young businesses, plant based companies. Like if I can be a resource, I would love to. It's I feel like it's part of my mission. So oh, yeah. that's awesome. Thank totally. you so much, Jenny, for being oh, with us today. We really appreciate yeah, you're it. You're amazing. Thank, Thank you, you both. Thank you, guys. Have a great, great day. You too. Yeah. That was an incredible interview with Jenny. I, Like I said in the interview, I was so inspired on so many different levels. I am just like just in awe of her energy. She's just incredible. I mean, the plant-based thing, of course, was awesome. But the story of entrepreneurship and that just that grit, I think that's... That's stuff that's very inspirational and motivational to, I for sure, for us. And I think anybody who is looking to either start their own business or whatever, whatever goals you've got to achieve. I, I mean, that that story of the perseverance is just what what uh, what it's made of, yeah, you know? Exactly. All right. I think that does it for our episode this week. Until next time. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. 
You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.